Uh, good morning. Thank you. Those that help out with the kids know I need a little bit more. Good morning. Thank you. All right. So for those of you that are visiting, my name is Cody. My wife and I, uh, we work with the children here. And um, I also, I play, I just started playing the drums and I had a couple people on the worship team ask me this morning. They're like, are you, you're still playing this morning? And I said, yeah. And it reminded me a couple weeks ago, uh, we were talking on one Sunday morning about how we truly worship God. Um, as kids, and so I was asking the kids, I'm like, what are ways that you truly worship? And we were talking like, we're focused on God while we're singing. And one of the kids, it, it stuck with me, and it still sticks with me. Um, he said, well, when I hear the songs that we sing in church, when I hear them when I'm driving with my mom in the car, I make sure that like, I focus on what the words mean. That way when we sing them, um, the, I, I can focus on that, and I don't have to worry about, well, what's this word mean, and what's that word mean, and so I almost asked him to come up and give a sermon because I feel like that was really, uh, that was really deep for me. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, I just play drums so that my brain can focus on one, two, three, four and God and I don't think about other things. Um, but that's, that's why I, I kept playing because that's, for me, truly worshiping God is behind the drums because I have to focus on the rhythm, but then that also allows me just to focus on the words um, as well and to truly worship. Um, so... Uh, Pastor Dave asked me to preach a couple weeks ago, and I was like, all right, well, what am I going to preach about? So I, I was praying, and Megan was like, well, what's the curriculum that we're following um, with the kids? And I looked at it, and it was um, what, what I'm going to be speaking on, and Megan's like, that's totally like your, like your life message. Like, anytime you pray, that's what you pray about. And so I was like, I'm just going to follow that. And also, I thought that would be a good point of... Like, to let you guys see what we do um, a little bit in the kids' sermon, or kids' service. And so, what we started in August was we are using a curriculum that's going to take us through the Bible in two years. And so, every 13 weeks, it kind of flips from Old Testament to New Testament to kind of give some variety. But we have, in two years, the kids will have known the major points of the whole Bible if they have been from start to finish. And so, that's where we're going to just kind of continue today. So, Kids that are in here, if you were in Sunday school, we're gonna gonna kind of build on that like we normally do. Um, so let me get let me pray uh, and then we'll get started. Uh, dear God, I just want to come and pray that you open uh, open my heart and open my mind to hear your words that you want me to speak. I pray for the congregation um, that you'll open their minds and open their hearts as well um, to hear what you have for us today. In your name, I pray. Amen. All right, so in keeping in line with Children's Church, I am going to start with a game. So I need five volunteers. All right, Emery, Michael, uh, Aislinn, uh, Jack, and Leland. Is that five? All right, so we, you will each get a straw. Michael, you may regret volunteering after this. Uh, so you get a ping pong ball and a straw. Ping pong ball and a straw. All right. All right. So you guys, if you're, if you will start here, what you're going to do is you are going to on the ground put your ball on the ground. You're going to blow the ping pong ball to. The, the, it's over here. Uh, you're going to blow to. Um, let's make it easy for Michael. Yeah, we're going this way. We're going this way. You're going to blow to this point. All right. <laughs> 
All right, so are we ready? On your mark, get set, go. Nice job, Leland, Jack. Your ball did cross. <laughs> nice job, guys. Um, I will take your things back. Nice job, yes. Six, we were successful in that. You can keep, you can keep your straw if you want. So you can keep your straw if you'd like. All right. So, so, so we always start off with a game, and usually we do a couple rounds, but for today we'll just do the one. Um, but we tie our game into our main point. And today, today our main point is that God's Spirit strengthens us. So can everybody say that? So God's Spirit strengthens us. So if we think about our game with the ping pong ball and the straw. The ping pong ball, I don't know if you guys could see, and we had to do it on the ground because it didn't work on the carpet. If you put the ping pong ball on the carpet, it just stays still because the carpet keeps it there. But your ping pong ball on the ground... Um, it will kind of start rolling before, and, and all, the, all the people were holding their ball until I said go, and they started blowing. And then as, I, as they started blowing, Aislinn, which way did your ball go? It kind of went, went towards the stage. You, you and your dad kind of had a little bit of a collision. Um, but it, it didn't go, any, it, it kind of was going somewhere, but really to get it to go forward, you had to have your straw and blow it. And the, blow, the, the, the straw was what pushed it there. And so we're kind of like this ball. We, we're there and we can kind of roll around. Um, but today with God's Spirit strengthening us, God's Spirit, the, the air from the straw, pushes us to the plan that God has for us. And um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Acts. We're going to be in Acts um, verse, chapter 4, verses 1 through 31. And a little bit of background knowledge um, so we're in Acts. So Jesus, at this point, has come. He's died. He's risen three days later. He was there for how many days was he back on earth? Forty. He was back on earth for 40 days. And then he leaves the disciples for good at that point. And so we're past the point Jesus has come, stayed for 40, and he's back in heaven, and the disciples are left. And they've already been doing some healing. They've already had the Spirit um, introduced into them. And so... They're going around, and that's what they're doing. And so I'm gonna, I've, I like to just read um, straight through and go through that. So I'm going to start in verse 1 and read 1 through 4. So it says, The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who had heard the message believed, and so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. So I've, there's a couple important things in verses 1 through 4. One is Peter and John. Um, so it specifically calls those two disciples out, and I think that there's good reason for that if you know their history. So John was one of the first disciples that Jesus called, and John was a fisherman, and he was like all on board, yes, I will go, and in the Bible... It's the only, I know John is the one who wrote the book, but John is the only disciple that it said was he was the beloved disciple. And so him, John and Jesus from the Bible, we can tell that they're really close together. And then you have Peter. And if you know Peter's history, he's the one who denied Jesus three times, um, just easily. Hey, aren't you one of his people? No, not me. 
And, and he would go back and he's like, man, I did it. And then he did it again. And he's like, man, I, I messed up. And then he did it again. And also, Peter was the one who stepped out on, onto the water and he took a couple steps and then fell down because he lost faith. And so I think that we see that these two people are used because it kind of represents us. We've got people on all ends of the spectrum. You've got your people who grew up in church at a young age and they became a believer at a young age and they were just like the perfect Christians uh, their whole life. And that's like kind of like the John. And they still go out and they do great things for God. And then you also have Peter who, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, but I keep stumbling and I keep messing up. But God's using both of them. He's using both of those people. And so I think that we can use that for us of, hey, it doesn't matter if, yeah, I grew up in church and I have followed God my whole life or I've had a rough past and I keep stumbling, I keep stumbling um, myself, but God can still use us. And again, our main point is God's Spirit does what? Strengthens us. So I am a teacher. I teach fourth grade, and we, we love to laminate stuff. If you're a teacher, laminator is your friend for a couple of reasons. So paper is very easy to tear. And if you teach fourth graders, it will very easily tear. And if you ever want to use it again, you want to get it laminated. And it's kind of, that's, the papers, it's kind of like us. We have friends that come along, and they're like, hey, let's do this. And it may not be the best thing, but very easily we can give in to temptation. And it can also happen like at work, when you see something that may not be as um, ethical or uh, faith-based stuff, and you're like, I should take a stand on that, but then you're like, ah, I don't know. And again, we can easily give in and take the easy way. And paper very easily rips. I can keep putting it together and keep ripping it uh, because it can easily tear. And that's like us. But once we have the Spirit... God's Spirit gives us strength like this paper. And, like, you can't tear it. Because God's Spirit, this is like God's Spirit. The laminating paper is God's Spirit. And when we have those temptations, if we're in connection with God and we're tied close to God, we can't, we won't give in to that temptation. And so that's why we need God's Spirit, because it, it holds us together and it makes us strong whenever we face those temptations. So Peter... And John are facing this temptation of the church is coming and saying, hey, we don't like what you're doing. So they put him in jail. And I think it's important to note also at this point, and I'll, I'll come back to it later, but I want to address it now since we're at these verses, that it says that they were, in verse 2, um, it says they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming Jesus' resurrection of the dead. They weren't disappointed that they were preaching Jesus. They were they were upset that they were preaching the resurrection. At this point, the Sadducees believed in Jesus. They knew Jesus. They were the ones that had him killed. They knew Jesus was a teacher and that he taught things, but they just didn't like him, and they didn't want that Jesus resurrected taught. And so that was, the, that was their point that they were upset about was that, hey, don't be preaching that he's been resurrected. And so they're put in jail. And so... Um, let's, let's look at verse 5 through, next page, 5 through 12. It says, The next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there. So was uh, Caphias, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. 
They had Peter and John brought there before them and began to question them. By what power did by what power or name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we were being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to this man who was lame, and they were being asked how he was healed, then know this then know this, you and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So there's a couple things in these verses. Specifically in verse 6, it lists out these people's names. Those were like the big dogs of the temple. Um, so those were the, the big priests, the top priest, and his family. And I think it's important that it mentions these people because, again, thinking of when the only reason they were disappointed was because they were preaching the resurrection, how many times do we hear false teaching? And it's like, well... It's kind of true, and like he has, the, he has a he has a lot of followers. Like there's a lot of people, and even though maybe some of his stuff isn't truth, he still has a lot of people that are in the faith. And how many times do we just step back and it's like, ah, that's I think that's all right um, because because of that. And it very easily, Peter and John could have done this too. Oh, they're the, they're the high priest. They're the people that they're the people that all the Jews come to. Maybe we should just do what they're asking us to do. But then it says in verse 8 that he was filled with the Spirit. And, again, this is where his strength comes in, because Peter was a fisherman. He didn't know the Bible. But in verse 11, he uses Psalms. And it was the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. He uses that verse and he doesn't know that verse. There's no way he could have known that verse because he was a fisherman. He, he probably didn't even know how to read. Um, but he knew and he called upon that verse because he was filled with the Spirit. Because he was filled with the Spirit, he had the boldness to stand up to them. And not only stand up to them, but use what they know against them. And again, it goes back to being filled with the Spirit. And so... They go through that, and then let's see what the Pharisees decide to do in verse 13. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, so that goes back to they didn't know how to read. They realized this. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Every living thing in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop them from spreading any further among us, we must warn them to no longer speak in this name. So, there, so they mentioned the, the, man, the man that was healed that was standing there. So there was a man, and this is, this, Peter healed this man. He was a crippled man, been crippled his whole life, and Peter healed him. And now the guy can walk. And so that's what kind of got their attention um, to begin with. And so they're like, he did heal this person. Like, he's standing right there. We, no one can deny this. We can't cover this up because uh, everybody saw this happen. 
And so I think I thought of it like as a parent in verse 17 when they say, uh, but to stop them from spreading any further, we must warn them to speak no longer in anyone's name. So uh, parents, how many times do your kids, like they're not doing something bad, they're just doing something that kind of like annoys you. Um, and you're like, I don't like that you're doing that because I'm tired and what are you doing? And they're not doing anything wrong, but you're like, stop that or you're going to get in trouble. Um, and it's kind of like a false, false threat, or for me anyway, it's like a false threat. Like, okay, they're going to they're gonna believe this threat and then they'll just stop. And I think the, the Pharisees here are thinking the same thing. We need to just warn them not to do this again or they're going to get in trouble and they'll stop. Because again, these are like the top priests. This is the top priest saying this. And so, of course, they're going to listen to me. So, that's what they, that's what they do. And, and so then, looking in verse, verses uh, 18 through 22, it says, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. So, um, in these verses, again, you can see that they were filled with the Spirit again. They, they, they replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or listen to him? You be the judges. So again, they're kind of using this, hey, we're taking God's side. We're not going to listen to you people. We're going to listen to God. And in thinking of this, I have uh, two examples of when we lived overseas running into uh, people. There was one guy, his name was Tony, um, and he lives in the Congo. And he visited here a couple years ago uh, when we came back one summer. And Tony, the first day I met him, I go to school. He was the music teacher. I go to school. And the first day I met him, he's like, hey, my name's Tony, are you a Christian? Like literally, right off the bat, that was literally, my name's Tony, are you a Christian? First thing he said, Tony was filled with the Spirit his whole life. Everything he did was for God's glory. He started, he, he was superly musically talented, and he used that at his church. And he started an English service because he knew English. And everything he did was for God. And in the Congo, it wasn't necessarily, like, looked bad upon, but he was just a radical Christian. And he was, you could tell, he was filled with the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how many times I've met someone, walked up, shook their hand, hi, my name's Cody, are you a Christian? Do you go to church anywhere? And I don't know how many times you guys have done that, but I think I've done that zero times in my life. But Tony did that to everybody at the school. Every foreigner that came and worked at that school he would introduce himself, and that's the first thing he said. you want to come to church with me? Um, and even if they were like, no, I'm not a Christian, he would still invite them to church. I, I, I can't say I've done that. Like, I just started my new job this year, and I didn't go, hi, I'm Cody, do you guys go to church anywhere? Like, that wasn't the first thing. Like, it came up later, but not initially right off the bat. And then when we were in China, one of my Chinese friends, her name was Jane, and we found, we found out that each other, we were each other Christian, we were both, sorry, we were both Christians um, somehow. I don't remember how. And she's like, I would tell her, like, we go to church um, at this church. And she's like, that's really dangerous for you. And I'm like, yeah, not really. Like, I'm a foreigner. I have a foreign passport. So 
we can we we still have freedom to worship. And I was like, what about you? What do you do for church? And she's like, oh, I teach Sunday school at my house. And I'm like, wait, you're telling me that I'm dangerous. I, I could get in trouble, but I really can't. But like, you could get in real trouble, like go to jail and never be seen again because you're a leader of a church in your house. Like that, you could get in real danger. And she was filled with the Spirit. She was more worried about me and me getting in trouble than worried about herself and being scared of her own government um, kicking her out. and so Or not kicking her out, but putting her in jail. She was more worried about me. But again, I think that's her example of she was constantly filled with the Spirit. And we even started meeting because she, for Chinese language, it's a language that's very subject. So you can learn all about, like if you're learning Chinese, you can learn all about the supermarket. And you can fluently go in and speak to someone in the supermarket and then step out on the street and not know another word. And so it's the same way for Chinese people. Well, she's never been taught the English words. Uh, English Christian words. And so we started meeting because eventually she wants to come to seminary over here and that way she can be better equipped back in China for her people. And again, she's got this whole plan of what she wants to do and I think that, again, goes back to her being filled with the Spirit. Standing up. She stood up for what... She's standing up for what is right just like Peter and John did. Who am I going to listen to? You or God? I'm going to listen to God. So, again, we see that with Peter. So... They tell him they can't, they can't put him in jail. They can't do anything to him because they haven't done anything wrong. And all these people have seen this guy healed. All right, we just got to warn him. So they warn him. And then let's see what happens um, after. So 23 through 31. It says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant and our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against the anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed. And then they... Then did what your power, sorry, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through their name, your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So, in these verses we can see that they are truly connected to God. That's my, um, my third point, is that we have to be in connection with community and God. When they got out of prison, when they stopped meeting with the elders, the first thing they did was they went to church. They went to the church, and they prayed with them. And again, I think that, that community is what also helps give them that strength. So, Peter... And John were there. So, I, there's with people my age that we're like we've been burned by the church. We can be, we can still follow Jesus. We don't have to have the church. We can, we can do and do our own Bible study together, um, just me and our family, and we don't have to worry about the, the bureaucracy of a church and getting hurt by the church. We just, we're just Jesus only. 
And I think that there's some real fault in that. Because Peter and John, it's like a popsicle stick. Peter and John, if they'd have been by themselves, Peter, by himself, easily could break and give in to what the leaders wanted. Even Peter and John, if they were together and stood together, and again, easily they could break. But what did they do once they got out? Where did they go? To the church. They went to the church. They had a group of people behind them praying for them. And I fully believe that when they were taken in, the church wasn't just sitting there and wondering what was going to happen. I'm just guessing, the Bible doesn't say this, but I'm just guessing that they were praying for them and praying that God would protect them and God's will would be done through them. And so they were a group together. And again, a group will not easily break when you have a group together and doesn't break. So again, I think telling us that immediately they go. They don't go shower. They don't go eat. They were in prison, and this time they probably weren't given food. They probably hadn't eaten in a couple days, and they probably smelled terrible. They normally smell terrible, but they, they, go, they go and they pray with their people. And the people were already gathered. Like, they went back to their own people. That, that to me, means that they were, the people were already gathered together. And that's where they go first. They have all these other things. They're, they're hungry. They're probably tired. But they go pray. And so that's just how connected they were with God and their community. And so, again, Peter by himself, easily he can break. But when you have that group, it's together. So, God's Spirit gives us strength. And we can see this through this chapter um, where they, they had healed a man. They get to prison. They, the, the leaders took him up. And again, the leaders only took them up because they were preaching about the resurrection. They weren't preaching. Uh, the, the Pharisees weren't disappointed, weren't mad, upset that they were preaching about Jesus. They were mad that they were preaching that he resurrected. So again, they had the, the partial truth. They were upset that Peter and John were teaching the whole truth. And then, when they talked to him, Peter is filled with the Spirit. And he couldn't have done it on his own. He had the Spirit, he had God's Spirit that filled him and covered him and gave him the strength to stand up. He could have easily have broken down and said, okay, this is what you guys want, I'll just go out peacefully. Even, I think, like, for me... Like, for me at my, at my job, I might, my principal will meet me and it's like, I don't like that you're doing that. And I might just say, okay, and then I just keep doing it. They, they could have done that. They could have easily have said, okay, we'll stop doing that and then just gotten out and gone and do it. But they risked, they didn't know what was going to happen. This time, no punishment happened, just a couple days in jail. But they didn't know. They could have been beaten. They could have been killed, which later on, that's what's going to start happening. But again, they were willing to risk it because God gave them their strength. Um, the Holy Spirit gave them their strength. And then once they get out, they go to their church. And so, yes, God gives them that strength, but they go to their church, they go to that community, which also helps give them strength as well. And so, I, I just thought, like, when I looked at this, I'm like, that, I think that's really good word, and I think that that's something that 
if you grow up in church, that's something that you know. Like, I know that God's Spirit gives me strength, but what does that look like for my life every day? And I think it can easily, again, thinking of Tony, first thing, are you a Christian? That's not the first thing I say. And I think there's a time and place for that, but again, to have that boldness of, hey, I'm more worried, that's cool that you're from another place, but I'm more worried about do you know Jesus or not. That's what I'm worried about. And that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. And then thinking of Jane, who she doesn't care that she can be put in prison. She could be killed for teaching Sunday school in her class. Um, but because she, she actually is one of the very few Chinese uh, people, her grandmother was under Mao and was in the underground church with that. She was a Christian during when Mao came and wiped everything out. And then her father was a Christian and she was a Christian. So she's a generational Christian, which is very, very rare for Chinese people. But again, she sees that power of the Spirit, and she's like, I want to be a part of that. And so that's what they're doing. And I think for us, like that is, we need that, we need to remember that strength, that we need to remember that we have that power as well, that we, we can be bold and that we can proclaim God anywhere and everywhere. And it's almost like Megan and I talk about it, it's like it's almost harder here because. If I went up to somebody, a random person on the street, and said, are you a Christian? Yeah, I am, especially here in East Texas. But our numbers are starting to shift, and you can see studies coming out where the people that are claiming to be Christian, it's just going down and down each year that they do these studies. And I think it's because we as a church aren't being bold anymore. We're not, we're not going out and actively doing it. We see it as, well, everyone's a Christian. And so, yeah, come on, come here, come there. Um, just make sure you're doing something. But they're getting sucked into these churches that aren't teaching full truth. They're teaching partial truth, which is what the Pharisees were doing. They were preaching that Jesus came and Jesus was a person. He just didn't resurrect. He wasn't the Savior. They left that part out. And that's what churches do here, too. They leave parts out. They're not preaching the whole thing. But again, I think that goes back to us, where we've lost our boldness and... We need to remember that God, he, he gives us that strength. We have the Holy Spirit, and we don't need to think about the right now. We need to think about the eternity. And is it important right now for me to make sure that we're friends and that we're good, or is it important for me to make sure that you're on the right track for your eternal salvation? That's more important, but sometimes we get lost in the, the looks. And, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. We, we want to make sure they come back. And Megan, she, we were talking, uh, if you were here for Easter, I, I thought Pastor Dave preached a pretty bold message on Easter um, about the, the, the bubbles. The, you have the Christian bubble and you have the earth bubble, and they've kind of meshed together. I can't remember what he called it, the, the bubble. But it's where, it's where these people, the churches are now teaching, oh, well, that's okay. And where are you going to be when your kids come home and say, I, I don't think that part of the Bible is right. How strong are you going to be? And I thought that was a pretty bold message for Easter because Easter, that's where you have all the people coming that normally don't come to church. And I'm like, you're preaching on that. Like, you're supposed to give the fluffy, Jesus loves you, and please come back. But he didn't. And I told Megan, I was like, but those people that were here on Easter, they're still coming back. Like... People want that realness, and they want that authenticity. Big word for the sermon. They want that authenticity. 
And churches aren't doing that. And here we see Peter and John standing up. And they're doing that. And I think that we need that as well. We need to stand up and we need to be bold and authentic in our faith. And have faith in that Jesus is going to give us that strength. And so, you may be here and you, you may be like, I have no idea what he's talking about with Jesus and the Spirit and giving me that strength. Well, that's, that's the first step of getting this community together that gives you that faith and gives you that boldness. That's becoming a, that's becoming a Christian. That's believing that, hey, yeah, I give in to temptation easy. That looks cool. That looks fun. It's a sin, and I give in to it. I still do, by the way. Um, but knowing Jesus came and he died for me, and that I messed up, Jesus came and he died for me, and he gives me that strength, and I believe that Jesus came and did that for me. I become a Christian, and, I, and I'm now a part of the big, I say the big church. Like, you're a part of the big group of followers, and you're a big, big part of the group of believers. And you may be at that point where you're like, I don't know what it takes to do this, but I want to know more about that. Well, you can come speak to any of the elders at our church. Right, There's cards in front of you um, that we can get you more information about that. And you may be at this point where you are a Christian, and you may be thinking, well, I don't have the community. I'm out here on my own, and I, I every time I keep still breaking. Like, I don't have the accountability. I don't have the people that are following up and pushing me to be bold and pushing me to dive in and learn more and grow. Well, this is a great church. Um, I grew up in it my whole life. Left. I'm back. It's a great place to be. Um, and we can be that place. We can be the place that holds us accountable. And again, it, that's not just coming on Sunday at 1030. Because coming in Sunday at 1030, you can literally come in and leave without saying anything to anybody. You can wait out back and wait till the music starts and come in. And then as soon as Brother Ronnie says, that's it. You can walk out and leave and not speak to anybody. That's not the part of the community. That's not what John and Peter did. John and Peter prayed daily with their people. That's coming. That's Sunday school. That's small groups. That's all the, that's all the other stuff that's not this right now. And that's important because, again, I think for people my age, my generation, yeah, I go on Sunday so that my kids can get it. And it's more focused on the kids than it is on themselves. And that's why I've spoken to people, and they're like, well, how's your kids' program? Well, I'm like, it's awesome. Um, but, but, but I may be a little biased. Uh, but I also will like, well, for adults, we have this, 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 and this. Like, that's, that needs to be just as strong, too. And that needs to be what you, you're focused on, too. Like, focus on yourself don't, and make sure you're connected. Yes, you want your kids to be connected, but also you should be involved and connected and growing in prayer daily with other people as well. So, as we wrap up, um, God's Spirit gives us strength. He, he, he strengthens us. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's once we become a believer, we admit we can't do it on our own, become a believer. And then, it's for everybody. That's the, the second point. I don't, I don't know if I actually pointed that out. But you got Peter and John that it doesn't matter where they came from. Peter denying, denying, losing his faith. Still, he's the one that's saying all this stuff. And then you got John who grew up and 
or became a disciple early on, and he, the Bible says he was the beloved disciple. They were really close. So you've got both ends of the spectrum. I do not like this thing. just want to point that out. Um, I'm still messing with it on this side, Penny, wherever you're at. Penny, Penny said, you should put it on the other side of when you used it before, but I think my ears are weird. Uh, but you've got, you've, got, you've got Peter and John, they're on both ends of the spectrum, and God used both of them. Peter was the one that was doing all the speaking. It's, it was Peter said. Peter was filled. Peter did this. And he was the one who denied and lost, and lost his faith on the boat. He was the one that was standing up. And so God can use everybody. This, it's a white piece of paper now, and it, it would have been a better analogy if this piece of paper would have been a darker color. But God makes everybody clean. It doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. But he calls everyone, and he can use everybody. But to do that, I think, for the third point, you've got to be in, you've got to be in community and connection uh, with God. And at the, end of that, at the end of that section, it said that the, the place shook and they were filled with the Spirit. That's how, that's how much of God's presence was there. The place shook. Like, that's pretty powerful. And I think that that can still happen today. I'm a full believer that those kind of things can still happen today. we just got to get back to that kind of faith and that kind of believing. So, let's pray. Um, dear God, I just want to come and uh, thank you for bringing everybody here. And I just want to thank you that you gave us your spirit and that gives us the strength. And I pray that as we go through our week and we see things that we feel, we feel your spirit tugging at us to stand up and say something. I pray that you will give us that strength and, and pu- push us to do those things. And I pray that if anyone here isn't a believer, isn't, doesn't have your spirit, I pray that they will um, have the boldness to come up and speak to someone. And if anyone is interested in getting connected with our church, I pray that, again, they'll, fill, they'll, they'll come and speak to someone. And I pray that you'll fill us with your boldness and give us boldness, fill us with your spirit um, daily. And I pray that we'll come and, and have those connections together and we'll find people that we can pray with daily um, so that we do have that strength. In your name I pray, amen.